Hey everybody, Chris here, bringing you another quality podcast episode, and there is no way to enjoy this phenomenal show of ours than with a phenomenal new set of headphones. So allow me to introduce to you Studio Headphones. Listeners, this is Studio. Studio, these are our listeners. They are revolutionizing the way people see headphones. They don't want them to be just a tech device. They know they're also an accessory. You know... Fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality, and high-tech variations are bulky and not design-oriented. So Studio said there's gotta be a better way. They emphasize modern Scandinavian design while also providing a product that matches the quality of even the highest-rated headphones on the market, but for a fraction of the cost. And that's not all. Guys, free worldwide shipping. That's incredible. And because you, my dear listener, have been such good friends to me, to Brad, and hopefully to Studio now. As a supporter of this podcast, you can use our discount code, HIGHONFILM. That's HIGHONFILM, no spaces, all one word, for 15% off any purchase. You're saving tons of money on quality, Bluetooth, design-oriented, comfortable Studio headphones. Free shipping. I mean, you don't get any better than that, guys. Go check out Studio Headphones right now. Use the High on Film promo code and listen to your podcasts in a better way. From a two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles, it's High on Film! Tonight, we've got Austin Trzynski and Seven Samurai. Is this any time for an able-bodied man to be picking flowers? On this week's magnificent episode... Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film, sobering talk about movies, Los Angeles' only irrelevant film review podcast game show thing. Here it is, episode 249, the penultimate episode of High on Film. I almost cried when I said that. I'm Chris Maxwell, I'm your host. And thank you for joining us. We have got a, a doozy of a movie today from 1954, from Akira Kurosawa, Seven Samurai. Directed by Kurosawa, written by Kurosawa, Shinobu Hashimoto, and Hideo Oguni. I think I did that all right. Uh, so there you go, the screenwriters, of course, us, us uh, Americans probably are more familiar with this movie as uh, the Yule Brenner, Steve McQueen version the Magnificent Seven. Or, now, today's kids, the Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, Magnificent Seven. There it is. That's the movie. I'm Chris Maxwell. Did I tell you that? Well, there. You have that information now. I'm the host. We choose guests. They choose movies. And this episode is no different. But before we get any further, let's get to the man who's right to my left. He is the co-host from the couch, the walking Kevin Bacon game, one of Earth's mightiest heroes, the podcaster of disaster, and the Brad Davis that God gave us, Brad Davis. Chris. Hey, Brad. Hey. Episode 249. 49. 249. Wow. Wow. Been a, what a long, strange trip it's been. That is a true statement. Yeah. And uh, in these final ten episodes, we're having back a lot of our... our uh, favorite guests over the show, especially these last six, I believe, are the complete inverse of our first six as far as guests. That is also correct. Isn't that fun? That is fun. And of course, continuing with these picks uh, is 
breaking the mold, or at least really thinking outside the box of everything we've ever done on the show. Uh, here we are, another foreign film. Another foreign film, another black and white film, which are, oh, there's only a couple we've done. Uh, and another three hour plus film. <laughs> yep. Uh, I believe our fourth movie with a built-in intermission. That that should be correct. Yeah. Gone with the Wind. Yes. Sound of Music. Correct. Hamlet. Hamlet had an intermission there, right? I That's the one I couldn't really remember. I believe so. Like it stops and it says intermission. And yeah. I, 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 God, I'm not 100% sure. But boy, I, I feel like did. with a four-hour movie, I feel like it almost has to. Yeah, yeah. I think they did. I'm going to go ahead and say they did. All right. We're going to fact stamp that. Yeah. Joe, well, does it? You'll know. Joe, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Call in. All right, Brad. Um, this is your first Kurosawa. This is my first Kurosawa, yes. That is awesome. Yes. I am so excited. What did you think? Pretty blown away by uh, by by the visuals. It's For 54, it looks pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a three and a half hour movie is always a lot to ask. Not exactly uh, a high on film uh, <laughs> approved runtime. Yeah, not a, not exactly a high on film approved runtime. But uh, there was very few instances where I felt like it was dragging at all, yeah. if at all. And uh, yeah, it, it looks incredible. Yeah, it builds really well. I, re- I rewatched some scenes today. I also kind of rewatched parts of. The uh, 60, Magnificent Seven as well. It's They still line straight from Seven Samurai. It's great. I never realized how close these were because I have never actually seen Seven Samurai in totality until today. How about that? That's, yeah, uh, obviously me too. Yeah. I've seen lots of it, but I mean, I'm a big Kurosawa fan. Well, not a huge Kurosawa fan. I've only seen a handful. But I, everything I've liked that I've seen. Let's get to the man who surely likes some Kurosawa. He is our second guest ever. Ever. And now here he is, second to last. He is the guest of our very first host pick film, uh, when we started doing those here on High on Film. He is the first guest of our uh, first double feature. First guest of our first double feature. Mm. Only guest of our first double feature. A man of great taste and culture. I am proud to call him a friend for many years now, making his sixth and final High on Film appearance. Here he is. Austin Trzinski returns. Hey guys. <laughs> hey Austin. How you doing? Doing very well. How are you? I am great. So happy to be here. Oh, so happy to have you back one final time before we throw in the towel. You know, I was thinking about that. Uh, you know, conflicted feelings. I'm sad that you guys are finishing up your run here, but at the same time, this is a celebration. This is a time to look back and be happy about all the good times that you and I have had. I, I think that is uh, very well put, and thank you, because that is exactly what we're going to do now. Thanks for having me. You know... Our pleasure, seriously. Episode number two, when we first have you on. Do you remember your first movie choice? You know, I have been thinking about this a lot. I could probably name the movies that I've done. Yeah, well, uh, let, me tell, <laughs> let me throw this fact out for you. Okay. You, of all our final ten guests, mm-hmm. have done the, have the least amount of appearances. Okay, I was listening right. to... The Laura Denton episode, and you said she did nine? Nine. That's a lot. Yeah. I didn't do that many. No, you didn't. You have six. This is six. Okay. And so, are we counting the double feature? That's two different movies. Two different movies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. 
So you got your very first episode number two. You came on and did one of the classic comedies. Ghostbusters. There it is. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Episode 25 rolled around. It was Brad's choice of that's film. That's right. Broken Arrow. That's I right. I do remember that. Yes. There you yeah. go. Uh, then we did the Room 237 Shining mashup. Yeah, episode uh, 130 and 131, although... Uh, Reverse the way you said it. Yes, we did Shining okay. first. Uh-huh. Because that, I loved it because we were, oh, Brett and I had always talked about doing double features. Uh-huh. And you came saying you wanted to do Room 237. And we really watched it that night. That. Yeah. We watched Room 237. And then the movie was over. We sat down at the podcast table and we were like, I just really want to watch The Shining now. So instead of podcasting that night, we just turned on The Shining and watched The Shining all the way through. And then had you back, I think, the very next night. The next and night. recorded both episodes. I have podcast. a lot of free time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love it. I love the way that worked out. And I love that watching 237, Room 237, just like propelled us to really want to watch The Shining. And it gave us a great excuse to do our, our first double feature. Yeah, that was great. It was so fun. Uh, and then this one I had almost forgotten about, but uh, was reminded Popeye. Popeye. Was the most recent time I Robert was Robert Altman's Popeye. Yeah. Yeah. You had a good. Good swath here. It, Reitman? All over the map. Kubrick, Altman, and now Kurosawa. I'm John, not John Woo. John, oh yeah, Woo is Broken Arrow. <laughs> yeah, yes, Woo is Broken Arrow, I believe, yes. So, so let's, let's, uh, let's get on to this. Uh, why Seven Samurai? Uh, it's my favorite movie. Your favorite movie? Number of one. all time. All time. Yeah. Wow. You know, I keep waiting for uh, some challenger to come unseat it, but, yeah. you know, it has everything. It's got drama and I forgot, watching it today, how funny it is. Oh, There's yeah. There's a lot of very comedic parts to this movie. Uh, it's very touching. It's, uh, it gives you all the emotions. Yeah. Uh, and it's beautiful, like you were saying earlier, Brad. Uh, beautifully shot movie. A lot of these things that he would... The sort of cinematography techniques used in this movie were uh, used for the first time in this movie uh, or by Kurosawa. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's got a lot. It's got a lot going. And then... Toshiro Mifune. Yes. An absolute dragon of a human being. Yeah. A Kurosawa regular. Absolutely. Um, uh, and yeah, he plays uh, Kichiro? Kikuchio. Kikuchio. Yeah. Yeah. The, the drunken number two of the samurai. Although he comes in, what, close to last, but he's yeah. second build and certainly the second most prominent in It's questionable as to whether or not he is, in fact, a samurai. Yes. Although he kind of proves himself to be one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get into that. Uh-huh. All right, guys. Let's get into our first segment. It's called Trash, Star, Destroy. You know it. You love it. We give you three movies of a similar ilk. We ask you to trash one, which means it's eliminated from existence. We uh, ask you to star in one, which means you can be whoever you'd like. Whatever role you'd like in that film. And then, of course, we must make you destroy one of those films, which means that the only version of that film that has ever existed has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of Transformers The Last Night fame. Yes. Got it? Mm, got it. Cool. Uh, we already spilled the beans on this. This, of course, was remade twice now. So let's do uh, the seven remakes. We'll do the Kurosawa film, Seven Samurai. We'll do the 1960 uh, Sturgis, The Magnificent Seven. And then the 2016 Anton Fuqua, Magnificent Seven. Trash, star, destroy. So, is Michael Bay the trash or the destroy? 
Destroy. He is the destroy. He's, he's destroy. blowing things up. You see. Okay. Yeah, that's always okay. the way to remember. He's he putting in giant metal team. robots to fight. Okay. <laughs> and then the trash, you're just getting rid of it. It's in the trash. It's gone. It's gone. Never okay. existed. You empty Fair the trash enough. in your computer and you can't get it back. Blink. Yep. It's gone. It. Yeah. Okay. Uh, am I going first here? You, if you are so inclined. I mean, we can make Brad go first if you'd like. Let's make Brad go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I feel it's while probably inappropriate, I would probably star in Seven Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> there is part of me that would almost consider starting in the newest Magnificent Seven, even though that's, I haven't seen it, but I assume that is the worst movie of these three. Uh, in my humble opinion, it is. But I would love to work with Denzel Washington. And that would be awesome. But it feels so wrong to trash this film because it's kind of a kind of a pioneer type film uh pioneering type film and i can't give it to michael bay because that would ruin it sure so i guess i'll yeah i'm gonna star in seven samurai in what role Ugh. um Maybe the first samurai. What's his name? Kambe. Kambe Shibata. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Yeah, he's the leader. Yeah, he's and, the Yule Brenner. He's the Denzel Washington. And the uh, the guy. Kuku, oh, say it again. Kikuchio. That guy is too much. Just like yeah. rage Mifune and energy. I mean, it's too much for me to do. Yeah. And I love that op the scene where you meet uh, Kambe. I really like. Yeah. His first scene is pretty awesome. Yeah. So, I'd take that role. Sorry, uh, everybody. Because that's <laughs> really kind of fucked up. Uh, and then... I could see you doing it. Thank you. Yeah. That means you a have a very wise look about you. Aw. Yeah. Austin, jeez. And we wonder why he's one of our favorites. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Just here for the compliments. <laughs> um, and then I guess I'll... Trash the newest Magnificent Seven. Okay. And Michael Bay with Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen, James Coburn, Charlie I, Bronson, I mean Eli Wallach, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> if I mean I do feel like if Michael oh. Bay was alive back then, that is a cast of characters he would absolutely have worked with. Oh, I don't know. You think McQueen would have worked with Michael Bay? Charles Bronson would have. Charles Bronson. Well, later, in the 80s, Charles sure. Bronson would have. I don't yes. know if in the 60s. Maybe not. But still. Sure, when he's doing Death Wish 4, I'm sure he'll pick up a Michael Bay film. That's exactly my point. <laughs> he would have given a lot for that CGI budget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, probably the more logical thing is to give the newest Magnificent Seven to Bay. Yeah. That's probably the best fit. But it seems, I don't know. Wrong to trash the original one. Sure. So then the only Magnificent Seven version we have is this new one. Yeah. Seems worse. Denzel, Denzel v. Skarsgård. Yes. I love Denzel. Yeah. I, I love all that cast. That's a really good cast. For I was very excited for that new Magnificent Seven. Yeah, Chris Pratt. And then I saw it on a plane. And I'm glad I saw it on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so. Austin, are you ready? Do you want me to go? No, I'll go. Okay. All right, so... Let me ask this. Mm -hmm. If Michael Bay 
was remaking Seven Samurai, wouldn't he essentially just be making a Magnificent Seven remake? Quite possibly. Unless he is setting it in Japan and using Samurai. Okay. Okay. Um, He's not necessarily changing it to Cowboys, you know. Sure. Um, But, you know, go with it. Whatever you... We can live no, in your world. A, uh, you know what it I was mean? a thought experiment. Okay. Uh, I guess I will, because I can't live in a world where this movie doesn't exist, mm-hmm. I will also star in it. Cool. I'm going to get back to who I will play in a second. Uh, I can tell you right now who I think you should play, but please. Yeah, I, I also okay. have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this will be fun. <laughs> uh, I will. Destroy. Oh, let me make a uh, an admission here, guys. Never seen either Magnificent Seven. I haven't either all the way through. Well, let's stop the podcast and watch Magnificent <laughs> Seven. Right. Do another the first, triple, <laughs> first <laughs> triple movie. We'll watch the other two Mag Sevens. Uh, so, for that, I will destroy the new Magnificent Seven. Uh, Michael Bay's. Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Anton Anton Fuqua. You yep. said uh, directed this one. You know, it's, uh, give it to another director, give him a shot. I, I don't care. Okay. Uh, the, and then I will trash the original Magnificent Seven. When did the, when did Magnificent Seven come out? 60. 60? Six years after Seven Samurai. You know, that might be too soon. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah. just let, uh... That's actually one of the... <laughs> a lot of American right? Westerns. <laughs> let, let, uh... Let's let that boil for a little while. Let yeah. Seven Samurai speak for itself. Okay. And then, as far as who am, who am I going to be in Seven Samurai, uh, a lot of great choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the... I think his name is Kyuzu. Yes. The, uh, like, assassin... This is who I was yes. going to say. So he is based on a very famous, maybe the most famous uh, masterless samurai, Miyamoto Musashi. Mm-hmm. Uh, stoic, always pushing himself to be better. I don't think that's me. Okay. That's the Coburn <laughs> role in Magnificent Seven. Okay. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I love James Coburn. There yeah. is... He's great at Gorobe. Gorobe is great. He is great. Kind of a blah character. He's just get the bow and arrow. He that's true, but he's that's about it. Uh, just another samurai. Yeah, uh, otherwise a little forgettable. Yeah, or a little a little lost in the shuffle. Not forgettable. A little lost. Well, I mean, he's. I'd say he's this tier. We're at it. I mean, there's only like uh, these four above him that we've named. Yes, Kuzo, uh, Shimada, Kambe. Um, that's, that's Shimada. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry. Kikuchiyo. Kikuchiyo. And, uh, and then I'd also say uh, Katsushiro. Katsushiro, the, the yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I might go Hirachi. Oh. I think is his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays the... He's not a great samurai, but he is a morale guy. Yeah. And they even say he would be good to have around when times are tough. I think that's me. Hmm. I agree. Uh, so I that is who... I will play in Seven Samurai. I dig it. Yeah. I'm tempted to join you guys. Okay. In Seven Samurai. And probably take the uh, uh, Katsushiro role. Ooh, yes. Right? Get to be the lover. Absolutely. Get to be the young guy. It's a pretty big part. Mm-hmm. Um, 
unfortunately, I think I'd rather play the Steve McQueen role in Magnificent Seven. Gotcha. And you it's were saying that's the so... Kikuchiyo role? Yes. Okay. But Kikuchiyo, they kind of split into two characters. Mm-hmm. Like, they put him, they put um, half of Kikuchiyo in, like, the young Katsushiro role. Okay. And then half in Steve McQueen. So, like, he doesn't get to be as wild as Kikuchiro, by okay. any means. He's more, like, a little stoic and is kind of drinking the whole time behind Brenner. And kind of, like, backing him up and stuff. Like, he's his gunman. Um, but a little more quiet, a little more, like, cool and, like... Who doesn't want to be Steve McQueen? Yeah, right. And he has the best costume in that movie. And he's always just leaning against the bar, looking cool as hell. Just, like, Good lean on throwing down whiskey. Yeah, it's awesome. He's... And I think I'd take that role. To sit there. I mean, I'd like to work with Steve McQueen, but... Sorry, dude. You're out. I'm taking this role. Because <laughs> I thought I'd take in the covert role, because his uh, introductory scene where he is challenged to a fight by another guy is awesome. I mean, he's good with knives. So, yeah. you know, Shuzo has like the, the samurai sword. This mm-hmm. uh, Covert has uh, throwing knives. It's pretty badass. That's baller. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I think the pieces just fall into place here. I think I'm trashing Seven Samurai, unfortunately, rather than put it into the cape careful hands of Michael Bay. That's careful. an honorable <laughs> choice. Uh, careful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta do that. Yeah. It's, it's the samurai way. I mean, yeah, that's right. There's yeah. no way you can give seven samurai to Michael Bay. Yeah. And then Michael Bay is just gonna remake uh, the version I'm starring in later on with Denzel Washington. Which would probably end up a very similar film. Yeah. I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I think maybe it's not Denzel. Maybe it's The Rock. The Rock. Or Mark Wahlberg. Or you know maybe get someone else. I don't know. John Krasinski. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He's worked with Bay. He has worked with Bay. 13 hours. All right, guys. Let's do one more category of Trash, Star, Destroy. All right. Let's do... I mean, I, I would be remiss if we let this slide our only Kurosawa film without doing a Kurosawa category. I like that. All right. So let's do uh, some three three heavy hitters. Three of the five heavy hitters, I feel like. Um, we already did Seven Samurai, so we'll exclude that one from this. But we'll do Ron, which is his King Lear. We'll do Ikiro, which is his midlife crisis uh, film. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And we'll do uh, Rashomon. Okay. The the multi-tale, or multi-perspective tale. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot he did Rashomon. I I still haven't haven't seen Rashomon, but I've seen, I know at least elements of Rashomon. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did you see Rashomon when they did it at Pitt? I didn't. Oh, man. It was a beautiful production. Yeah, I don't, for some reason I like... I can't remember why I couldn't see that, but there was some reason I couldn't. Was I maybe like mm-hmm. in rehearsal for another play, I think, at the maybe. same time, and it was like the only night that didn't overlap where I could have gone, I was doing something else, and it just, I couldn't go. Couldn't go. Yeah. I would like to see that on the stage. It was great. That sounds we, cool. We, our college did a particularly beautiful production um, with two very talented actors, uh, Parag Gol and Jeff Awada. I remember both in that and oh. being phenomenal, so shout out to them if they're listening. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey guys, great job. Awesome I think about your performances yeah. in Rashomon yeah. all the time. Big fan. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah. Yeah, I'll star in Rashomon just because I've always kind of loved that. And again, I only know so much about it, but I love the concept, like the different perspective plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the role. I Who did Parag play? <laughs> <laughs> Parag was like a monk, I believe. The Monk of the Woods. I don't remember the characters' names. (laughs) The Parag. I'm going to take the Parag role. 
Uh, One of the three stories in Rashomon, it's the wife, the thief, and the monk? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's been a long time since I watched it. I could have taken... Ten more hours and watched all these films again. Yeah, I could have. Oh, uh, you did that. I could have even looked up at a synopsis on these other films. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. an asshole. Two forty nine, and Brad Davis is mailing it in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll start in Rashomon, and then the Why other change now. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and I'm sorry. The other two were Ron and Ikiru. Ikiru, you said Ikiru's beautiful. Yeah, it's a it's an old man who works for the government who then has like a midlife crisis and realizes that he's kind of pissed his life away just stamping things for the government and he tries to be a better person and like goes through like a, a reawakening. Yeah. Played by the same guy who plays Kambe. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I should see that movie. Uh, then I'm probably going to trash that <laughs> because uh, something, that sounds like it has some subtlety to it Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem to play into Michael Bay's hands very like. Oh no, like, it's a very delicate film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and exactly. That's kind of what I sensed from what you're talking about, and in that way, that should not go to Michael Bay. Yeah. And Ron, what King Lear? Yeah, mm-hmm. that could be. I, that could certainly work in Bay's hands better than it sounds like the other movie would. So yeah. So yeah, Kiru is trashed, and Ron goes to Michael Bay. Um. Yeah. You know, I'm. T- a little tempted to give Akiru to Michael Bay because I think it'd be funny to see him make a movie dealing with having a midlife crisis and trying to aspire to be a better person because mm. I'm sure he's not living his best life. Michael Bay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if his life is anything like his ideals uh, presented in his movies are, I, I don't think... We should give him a chance. Michael Bay, I'm telling you right now, if you want to come on the show, we'll do a 251st episode. Absolutely. <laughs> I will talk about... I'll do a whole season of Michael Bay guest stars. If he wants to be on. Yeah. He can come and tear us a new one left and right. Yep. Call our, call our assistance. Yep. Um, but I also think that maybe I... Or no, Jeez, I don't know. Oh, boy. I know. It's tough. I think I'm going... Yeah, fuck it. That's what I'm going to do. To say it, I'm going to give Michael Bay Ikiru. I want to see how he deals with that. And maybe he does bring something out of him, you know? Maybe he changes him. Um, probably not. Probably not. I'm going to trash Rashomon, and I'm going to star in Ran as... Ran. Ron. 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 Oh. Yeah, it's spelled Ran. Oh, got R- it. R-A-N. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Um, and um, that's just my whiteness coming through. Oh, okay. I, I, I assumed that. When you said it, I was like, oh, I, was, uh, yeah. I said it wrong no, three times. Ron is, I think, more appropriate. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, so. As the oldest son. He switches. It. He gender switches. Huh. Lear to, to sons instead of daughters. Mm-hmm. So I'll play the oldest boy. Okay. So I think I'm going with Brad here in that I'm giving Ron to Michael Bay because Ron already is a very colorful, uh, sort of extravagant mm-hmm. movie, especially for the time. So he can have that. I am going to star in Rashomon as the husband who gets murdered in the woods. I think you'd play someone getting murdered very well. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. You're welcome. Um, Is that by Mifune? Uh, Well, you don't know. Uh, Uh, Or you don't know know if he kills out of... Lust or right. greed or 
helping the wife. Right. I think is the three outcomes. Uh, so yes, I will play Dead Guy in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. And then I will sadly trash Akira. But that is a fantastic movie. It really is. Yeah. Uh, some real plucks on some heartstrings. Yeah. I oh, like it. when he's at, on the swing at the end. Wait, it's beautiful. I, there's this one scene <clears throat> I remember from that movie where his daughter and her husband are upstairs and they are totally they have totally disregarded him at this point and he is standing at the bottom of the stairs looking up towards their bedroom mm-hmm. realizing that he has totally wasted his life on the wrong things and it's heartbreaking yeah uh so you know we don't need that kind of sadness it's <laughs> there's enough sadness in this world yeah that's right yeah that was my other choice was going to be starring in Akiru uh-huh. in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that would be a really nice be reality. Yeah, it'd yeah. Be, it'd be fun. And it'd be great to work with Kurosawa. But I get to anyway. In Ron. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. That's Trash Star Destroy for another week. Just think of that. Only two more Trash Destroys left. That's true. Oh, oh woe is me. Oh, boy. <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. It's had a great run. It's had a great run. Trash Star Destroy? Once Michael Bay gets his hands on the transcripts of these episodes, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. we're gonna going. get sued. Yeah, we gotta look back. We gotta figure out which episode our first Trash Star Destroy was in. So, I want to say it's like right at, around ten. I think yeah. a little later than right ten. Around ten, but it's around there. Very early. Yeah. yeah, it's early. I'm gonna make a note for next week. So okay. Gonna... <laughs> All right. And uh, as I make that note, we are going to take a break and be right back with more Seven Samurai. More Austin Trzinski and more High on Film. Right after this. Hello, listeners. You know, if you're anything like me, you listen to a ton of podcasts and music, often through headphones. And after a while, I find a lot of headphones can really start to hurt, irritating the ears, cramping the lobes. Well, let me tell you, I am wearing studio headphones right now, and I couldn't be more comfortable. They sent me their Regent design. It's their premium on-ear model with impeccable clarity in the instrumental tones and has well-balanced sound. But I'll tell you what I love most about these Bluetooth bad boys. They have over 24 hours of active battery life and 20 days of standby life, making the Regent the perfect companion for you at home or on the go. As I said, it will connect to any device that has Bluetooth in addition to having an auxiliary cord if you don't want to use the wireless option. Studio is making all kinds of fashionable, tech-savvy headphones that match the quality of the market's highest-rated headphones for a fraction of the cost. Man, you can't beat that. And I'll tell you, just like I said at the top of the show, use our promo code HIGHONFILM right now for 15% off any purchase. That's in addition to their free worldwide shipping, so I do not know what you are waiting for. Listen to your podcasts and music in a better way. Don't compromise fashion or sound quality or comfort. Get yourself some studio headphones and make listening to your music, your podcasts, your audiobooks an impeccable, fashionable, and comfortable experience. Back to the show. And we're back, high on film, talking Seven Samurai today with Brad Davis. Hey. And our guest, Austin Trzinski. Kanban wa, gentlemen. Oh. Oh. <laughs> sure. Just, it, What's it, up? It means good evening. Oh, good evening. Oh, yeah. Thank you, you too. Yeah. 
It's time for the summary game. It's the first game of the podcast. That's worth a damn. That's zero to two points for each one of us sitting around the podcast table today. Please, as we each uh, give a summary of the seven samurai in a thousandth of the time that it takes to uh, watch, we will score each other like friends do, mm -hmm. numerically, and use decimals to refine your score to really hone in on the performances. Uh, a thousandth of the time that it takes to watch is what we get to summarize it in. This lovely film is 207 minutes long, allowing us each 20 seconds, 0.7 seconds. <laughs> I think we're just counting 27, point seven, yeah. 20 seconds plus 0.7 seconds uh, to get out the best summary of Seven Samurai. You can. Of course, during our break, we had our patented coin toss, coin toss, where he tossed a three-sided coin into the air. Brad called it and called it correctly, enabling him the choice. First, second, or third, sir. I'm going to let you go first, Chris. Oh, my fear. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't say that, but okay. <clears throat> Let's do this. 20 plus 0.7 seconds on the yes, clock. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. 20 seconds plus 0.7 seconds. Got it. Are you ready? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess as ready as I'm going to be. Let's do this. Okay. 20.7 seconds in three, two, one. A poor farming town plagued by bandits uh, seeks the help of samurai to fight off the bandits and uh, rid their town of this plague. So they get one guy who, who is a humanitarian and helps them. He recruits a bunch of other people. Uh, they live in the town. They eat. They take care of the people. They make a plan. Uh, they flood the crops to cut off one side. They get in a big duel. They lose a lot of good men. And the farmers win. Time. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I thought you were going to run out of time there for a little bit. You kind of just... Yeah. Well, there are a few other things I was... <laughs> hoping to say, but I didn't quite get them out. But no, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, lots really, of detail in there. Yeah. That, 20 seconds is it's nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot. Austin. All right, I'm next. You're next. Your okay. favorite movie. All right. In 20.7 seconds. In three, two, one. A village of farmers in feudal Japan hires seven, six, plus... Hungry samurai to defend their village from bandits. Uh, the bandits come, the samurai help the villagers to vanquish them, and victory. Time. <laughs> <laughs> and victory. Yep. <clears throat> I slow played that one. You did, you did, you did. I think there was a whole second of silence in the middle of there, actually. <laughs> yeah, I froze up. Yeah. That was the uh, intermission. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was the intermission. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. I'll tell you what. Smart. <laughs> giving you the same score. Um, okay. All right, Brad Davis. Oh, God. All right. Seven Samurai. Yeah. I want to hear you recap all seven plot lines. Great. In three, two, one. A town of farmers is being run over by bandits, and the old man tells them that they need to go out and hire a samurai to protect the town. Uh, they slowly gather all the samurai uh, together, seven of them, and they're able to protect the town. One of them falls in love, a couple of them die, they do stop the bandits, and they save the town, even though there is sacrifice in that saving. Time. Really good, actually. That was, all, that was also one falls in love, good. a couple die, sacrifice and a saving. That is that was also very good. Really, yeah. Wow. Brad, I think I think you uh, you guys really have this fast talk thing down. 
Well, we've done it 249 times. Yeah, and I prep by watching a lot of those old micro machine commercials. commercials yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and anytime we're not speaking name? fast enough, we just slap each other in the face. It's really <laughs> like, is that that's what happens? The sound is edited out. We got a yeah. concussion, so I don't really remember that <laughs> yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, let's keep this podcast rolling right along. It's time for our second game called First Impressions. In this game, we're each going to supply a line from the Seven Samurai to the person sitting to our, our right that we would like to hear them impersonate to the best of their ability. This time, zero to three points for each player involved, each one of us around the podcast table. Um, yeah, so this movie's in Japanese. So uh, I think, I mean, uh, I, our precedent is what? That we do it in English. We just give it our old acting try rather than try to speak the Japanese yeah, that seems way less offensive. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I was thinking about trying the Japanese, but it would have offended not only you two and myself, but mm -hmm. pretty much the entire culture of Japan. Right, of course. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. I love Japan and the Japanese people and all their culture, so we'll just act like it's Magnificent Seven. Sure. A lot of these same lines are in Magnificent Seven, funny enough. So uh, let's start with... Uh, Austin. Mm -hmm. I went first in the last game, so you should go first this time. So does that mean I give it to Brad? You're going to give Brad okay. any line you'd like to hear him impersonate. Okay. So this is uh, as the villagers are complaining to the old man that the women are in the village are going to go crazy over the samurai. Oh, yeah. Oh. And the old man looks at him, looks at them deadpan, and says... Bandits are coming, you fool. Uh, your head is on the block, but you're, all you're worried about is your whiskers. I'm going to say that one more time because I stuttered, or I didn't get through that all the way. <laughs> uh, bandits are coming, you fool. Your head is on the block, and all you're worried about are your whiskers. No, say, Alright, Brad, the old man, the wise old man of the poor farming town, whenever you're ready. Bandits are coming, you fool. Your head is on the block, and all you can think of are your whiskers. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I... Yeah. All right. Uh, Kokuten Koro is the actor. Of the old man? Of the old man. Okay. Yeah. You did him justice. I tried. Great inflection. No offense to anyone. <laughs> yeah. That was no good. offense to anyone. My main yeah. goal. Great yeah. job, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Screw the points. I just didn't want to offend him. <laughs> there you go. Uh, do you have a line for me, sir? I do. And actually, it is also... A line from the old man. Oh, great. Um, I think it's the same scene? No. It's not the same scene. Okay. Uh, this is the... So this is the... I, I don't know if it's a scene when we meet the old man, but it's a scene where he's telling them... It's close. It, yeah, the if it's man. not right there, it's like we're like still within that scene and maybe we've cut away from it. But it's... Um, the line is... Uh, even the bears come down from the mountain when they're hungry. Oh, I thought about doing that one. It's, it's a great line. It's a great, it's a great line. line. 
He's so much froggier here than he is in the scene we just played. I know, he's kind of edited that the same character. Oh, yeah. In retrospect. All right. So, yeah, he, he has, we added a little onto that one. So it's, uh, look, find hungry samurai. The town is asking what to do. He said, hire samurai. And he's like, we can't afford samurai. And he's like, well, find hungry samurai. Here it is. Look, find hungry samurai. Even bears come down from the mountain when they're hungry. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Well, thanks. I uh, try to get that frogginess in there. Yeah, very froggy. Thanks. Thank you. So Thank froggy. You. That's why this yeah. character's name is Froggy. <laughs> yeah, they it's never say it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's Froggy. Yeah. The old the man. Old man. Man's given name is Froggy. 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 Yeah. yeah. I guess living in that barn, uh, he probably got sick all the time. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, both of these scenes, you hear it raining. Like, it's just... Oh, well, he, he lives in the wheelhouse where the... Uh, oh, that's what it is. I think it's the mill where yeah, they it grind is. the grain with the... Yeah, it's not raining wheel. in this scene. It is definitely raining in the first scene, though. Okay. That Or not the first scene, because this is the first one chronologically. The first one we had, you do. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. It's my turn to give Austin a line. I'm ready. You're not getting an old man line. You're getting a Mifune oh. line. Okay. We're going with uh, uh This is in his introduction. Mm. So we're, we've just about got our samurai together. And some of these like peasants come and go, Hey, we heard you're looking for men. We got another samurai for you. He's coming this way. And um, uh, Katsushiro <laughs> yeah. stands up with the stick because this is their test. Can a samurai walk through the door without getting hit with the stick? And he gets clobbered. And he gets clobbered because he's drunk as hell. Yeah. Another great drunk acting scene, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of when you're a good drunk actor. Absolutely. And yeah. Lafuna is no exception. Yeah. <laughs> we love that. You guys should do a Hall of Fame of uh, drunk scenes. Oh, yeah, we could. Well, drunk performances. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh Brolin in Milk. Okay. Jason Siegel in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. The, he is very good in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we're only doing movies, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention, like, the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, Charlie, where they go meet the Phillies? Yeah, and, they're yeah. On, and it's Dennis and Charlie on the plane, and yeah. they're just both hammered. They fucking play that beautifully. Yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. I know this is a film. Yeah, yeah, oh, of course, of course. We can talk about other things, Brad. Okay. Um, well, either way, uh, Kikuchu sits down uh, after uh, everything with uh, Shimada and all the rest of the samurais are there. And he's like, I'm a samurai, I want to join. And they're like, they kind of laugh him off. And he brings a fake family tree to mm-hmm. prove that the scroll. he is. Yeah, but it turns out it's like the family tree that he stole. And it like belongs to like a 13-year-old. Like you're like, if this is you, you'd be 13, you idiot. Yeah, like, with and, a girl's name. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they kind of uh, are really laughing at him. And he says, asserting himself, I may look like hell, but I'm a real samurai. Okay. Here it is. Let's hear it. <laughs> Alright, Austin. Here you go. Okay. I'm ready. Get a little liquored up. Hey. I may look like hell, but I'm a real samurai. 
All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Not offensive? Not offensive. Okay. And I kind of believe you, but I'm still skeptical because he sounded drunk. Sure. So, yeah. I've been good. drinking. Yeah. The, yeah. There it is. <laughs> he practiced. I thought that was acting. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's method. He's, oh, totally method. Totally method. There you go. Uh, all right, guys. Once you're done scoring, you can put the scorecards to the side because we're getting into an open forum discussion part of the show we like to call scene work. Of course, uh, if it's not readily apparent, this is an optimistic podcast, and we're going to start this segment off optimistically. Do-do-do-do! Best scene. What is the best scene in Seven Samurai? Hmm. Um, okay. We'll all start with one, because I know I, in particular, have a bevy of things written down. I here. do as well. Um, so, yes. We'll start with one and go from there. Uh, boy. Boy, oh boy. Does anyone have theirs right off the bat? I'll I'll say mine right off the I have two other things I probably want to mention, but the one scene I need to mention because I I've re- I took more notes on this movie and I take a lot of notes in this <laughs> podcast more than more than I need to for the listener and, the, he has a full sheet of oh notes. yeah I mean I went best scene onto the back page and I've probably only done that once or twice <laughs> through two hundred forty nine episodes and I was pretty sure I had. Best scenes each time, and then I got to the rain fight at the end of the movie, mm. and that is—it's uh, such a beautiful mess. Yeah, like it is chaotic. It is sloppy. People are in the like. I don't know. I was watching that scene. And I was like, I don't know how you fucking did this. Like, I don't know how. Like, you filmed this scene. This beautiful fight scene of horses and just all of the, and the, your, your, the camera is catching everything you want it to catch. I mean, I don't, he might've had, I don't know how in 54 in Japan, they, you know, their, their filmmaking style was, but it is, there's rain just pouring down and it's just this like kind of beautifully choreographed fight that looks just gorgeous with all this just, pouring rain and i was transfixed by it i was sure i had my best scene earlier on and then i saw that i was like that is for 54 i i I don't know that just floored me yeah i mean i think you're right (laughs) that's the best scene i think it perfectly encapsulates what you assume war is like where it's yes it's messy uh, chaotic, chaotic, and dangerous. And th- it might speak to uh, just me getting older, but at some point during that scene, I kept thinking to myself, "Man, that looks dangerous. Like, how did no one get get poked with a spear or yeah. like um, yeah. impaled? How were they able, especially I mean, all that water and mud? Exactly. Like, yeah. How did no one lose an eye during that? Yeah. How did you still make it look so clear? Dudes falling off horses hard." It's, yeah. it's something special. Yeah. And, I mean, then you start also, well, uh, spoiler alert here as we, we step into spoiler country. I think we did that on the summary game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm about to spoil some more specific things. Got we it. also start losing a lot of our samurai. Yes. Oh, yeah. That needs to be mentioned. Because um, I'll piggyback on it. I, I love, I really love uh, Kikuchio taking out the musket guy who kills him and... Uh, uh, Kyuzo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is real badass. Because he's like already um, dead. shot. Yeah, 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 dead. Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the verge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just for argument's sake, 
Oh, I'm going to go ahead and say, because I kind of mentioned already, I love uh, Cuso's entrance. Uh, and again, uh, Coburn gets a great one that's almost the same thing in Magnificent Seven, where this guy is like provoking him and challenging him, and they fight with bamboo, and then like it kind of like there's a little bit of a contest. It's like, no, no, we got to do it again. Let's do it real this time. Steal. And they bring out the swords. Yeah. yeah. And then Cuso cuts this dude down and kills him without a second thought. It's not like he wants to, it's, but this it, dude keeps provoking him. And he just, like, silently, quietly cuts this fucker down. All while Shimada's watching, too. Like, Shimada's watching and is like, this dude's a fucking samurai. And uh, the whole time is trying to convince him, you don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He's trying yeah, to warn this guy. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Giving him a way out. Yep. That scene is badass. So cool. It's so cold-hearted. And immediately puts uh, Kyuzu up there. And you're like, oh, we gotta watch this guy. Because he, then later, um, when he, the other great part about him, or great, scene for his characters when he's walking out of the fog Absolutely. after taking down uh, the two musket guys. Yes. Where they like go and he's like, go get him. And he goes out and he comes back and he's just like, Hands two more two more That yeah. was one of the other things I was going to mention. Yeah. Exactly. How oh, I'm getting goosebumps talking about cool it. that was. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't even see it. He no. just runs off yep. and then he just comes back and he just like chucks, does he like have the musket for them and he just like, here, two more down. And he just yeah. sits down and has a drink or I don't even know but he just yeah, like just sits down and uh Falls asleep. It falls asleep. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. He's trying to get some uh, rest before right. the battle. Even yeah. more badass. Yep. Austin? Uh, both great scenes. Uh, maybe for the sake of levity, I'm going to go with a comedic scene. Uh. And it's where uh, Kikuchio is talking shit to all of the village children. They come running up saying that they want rice. And he comes running out of the... Uh, samurai quarters, calling them little brats and little ingrates. And if you uh, actually needed rice, you wouldn't be able to scream that you wanted rice. And then the rest of the samurai come out uh, bearing rice and bearing gifts for the little children. And then he starts asking whether or not they have a cute sister because they've been foreshadowing it for at least 15 minutes at this point that Kikuchio needs to get laid. Yeah. Well, and they, they make it very clear, as we've seen in uh, the line Brad did, this, like, samurai are fairly unsavory characters here. Absolutely. Like, everyone is so nervous they're going to steal their they're wives scared. and daughters. Yeah. Um, and Katsushiro does. <laughs> Takes Monzo's daughter. He does. Uh, yeah. Uh, they fall in love. To be fair, it is explained, I think, by one of the other samurais, Shoji Ruchi or something, mm -hmm. that... Crazy things happen uh, right before war. You yeah. know, uh, people act out when they follow their feelings and their passions. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the levity. That's what I'm going on. The levity. <laughs> uh, anything else to mention for best scene? Brad, you I look like I do want to mention something, and it is kind of the opposite of levity. Uh, the Kikuchiu, is that right? Yep. Yep, it's in there. Uh, his monologue when. I can't remember exactly what's going on, but he's talking about how, um, yeah, the farmers are bad. Oh, yeah, but, the anti-farmer speech. Yeah, the farmers are bad, but the samurai did this. Yep. Made, this them is, made, yeah. made them that way. Yes. And then they realized that, like, he was a farmer. Yeah. And you just, the camera is just on him. Yep. For this, mm -hmm. It's like the only time in the movie, it stands out in the movie, because it's really the only time you kind of 
almost had this moment where it's literally the camera is just on him and he's just going fucking nuts. Yeah. And like tears are in his eyes. Like that was the best acted moment I thought of this movie. Is he's just, and it is, I don't know, a good two to three minute monologue or something. Yeah. And he is just enraged. Raw energy. Yeah, raw energy. I mean, obviously this actor uh, is kind of, is... He's a movie star. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was like Kurosawa's go-to guy. He was like the biggest movie star in Japan for a long time. And you see why in this scene. I mean, he crushes that monologue. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the two moments in this movie where I could not take my eyes off the screen. I mean, it's obviously overall, but three and a half hours sometimes you're a little... You gotta check Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Either way, uh, was the rain scene and then that monologue. Yeah, well, and he, he levels both groups, the samurais and the farmers. Exactly. Like he calls right. them both out and like, cut your bullshit. Don't act like you guys are all just putting on these airs, but like, here's who you both really are. And like, it is a little devastating. It is. Uh, I mean, I yeah, think it's that great. It sums, and it's just kind of, not sums up the whole movie, but it's really sets up exactly it kind of summarizes everything that's kind of going on in this world Mm -hmm. and tells you like these are all bad people it creates like an authenticity yes yeah and it really gives you a better understanding of what's happening here like this is all just terrible everything that's going on there's nothing good about this it's bad on all sides yeah all right guys well if it's uh good on this side it must be bad on another side if there's a best scene it must mean worst scene there's got to be one what is it? I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the names, but when the guy just, like, beats up his daughter. Uh, uh, Monzo? Monzo. Monzo. Just, like, yeah. chases her around. Cuts her hair. Cuts yeah. her hair and beats her up. Yep. Wait, is that at the beginning where he no. cuts her hair at the end? No, when no, when after he, he catches, catches her, her with yeah. um, Katsushiro. Katsushiro uh, and, like, chases her down and, like, beats her up yeah. and cuts her hair. And then Katsushiro, like, really isn't, doesn't really do anything about it. He's kind of a, an impotent-seeming guy. Yeah. Uh, maybe not, like, in the traditional impotent sense, but no, as no, far no. as, like, uh, in, that's the thing. He's set up to be, like, the kid. So right, right. It, it He's makes, the young it, apprentice. His yeah, yeah. Uh, reaction makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, they almost don't even let him come because he's so young. Yeah. yeah. Or... Come on the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, we were just talking about impotence, so I, <laughs> that's I, true. I okay, felt the need that distinguish. I was wondering. I felt the need to yeah, distinguish. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Austin, you have a worse scene? Is there something that bugs you about this movie? Something that bumps for you a little bit? I don't know. I was watching it today trying to find a bad scene, knowing that this question was going to be asked of me, but... Mm-hmm. It really seems like everything leads to the next thing, or like things interlock. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of times love interests will get put into a movie just as a way to appeal to a different audience. But even the love interest story that goes on here leads to important things, like where they are uh, Katsushiro and... Shino, I think her name mm-hmm. is. Uh, yeah, Shino. Shino. Shiro. Shiro. Manzo's daughter? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they... The only woman in this film? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're seeing... Yeah, oh, it was the only one woman. It was a different time. And she gets her ass killed at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Not good. 
they're like out in the woods and it yeah. sort of seems like a uh, fill-in scene, but they actually discover the the bandits, scouts, horses. Oh, yeah. I love that moment. Yeah. And you just see the horses too. Yep. I So do you have a worse scene? I don't know if I do. Okay. Well, then how about this? How about throw this <laughs> at you? Yeah. Testing samurai by hitting them he- over the head with a stick as they walk through a doorway. I mean, it seems reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, kind of what you were saying before, it almost seems like you, you lean, if you had to say something, you lean towards kind of the love story. Because I do think the love story is a little superfluous. Oh, okay. Thank you for reminding me about this, but finish your point. Uh, that's kind of it. I mean, my it's point is, is that, like, it's... <laughs> You could remove that from this movie and you don't lose much. Fair, but I think the way that it was... I, I think it's fine. ...integrated, it ended up leading to other parts of the story. Like, it gave uh, someone an opportunity to be out to discover the scouts, or... That's true. That's a good point. Uh, and it gave... Uh, and a more natural way to do it. ...a reason for the villagers to be skeptical of the samurai, because they were worried about their daughters. Uh... Again, they could still be worried about their daughters without actually seeing their daughter interact with samurais at all. Yes. Fair. Well, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't even. Th- I don't think it's bad, but I do think it's just kind of what you were kind of initially discussing. Mm-hmm. It it made me think about it a little more, and I do think that if that was removed from this movie, you lose nothing. Yeah. All right. I've got one. All right. Why? Does that stubborn-ass old man stay in the mill only for it to be burned down? It's just like, hey, man, this is I know. your plan. I guess plan. such lame excuses not to leave, too. Don't you want to see that to f- your plan to fruition? You'd think so. Yes. Who cares that they're going to burn these houses? Uh, Kombe gives a great speech. We're not going to uh, sacrifice... 20 houses so that three will survive because we will all die. We're going to sacrifice the three. But the old man, and he's an old man, and the son and the son's wife and the old man's grandson go running off to get the old man. He's an old man. Pick him up and bring him out of the house. Yeah, sure. That's probably true. Sure. Yeah. That's my worst scene. There That's it is. That's your worst scene. There we it found, is. We got it. something. We found it. Thanks for talking to me through that, guys. No problem. <laughs> happy to help, buddy. Always happy to make someone find a flaw in one of their I favorite movies. I appreciate it, yeah. In their favorite In movie. their favorite Woo! Movie. I can't wait for next week. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. That's the theme to our final podcast game. It's time for Milking It. Zero to five points for this game, so making so making it. So making it easily the most heavily weighted. Uh, we're each going to draw a card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. On said card will give you a new way to look at the events that transpire in Seven Samurai. Please reduce, reuse, recycle any of the characters, thematics, lines, settings, whatever you'd like to take from this movie to repurpose it, uh, repackage it. Give us a title and a brief summary of what your new movie should be so we can put it back out there and make a billion more dollars for the studio system. Sounds I love good. it. Good. Great. <laughs> oh, let's get this old Hollywood relic. Oh my gosh. You guys are going to have to 
bronze that when yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, once this is all said and done. Well, it's crazy. There's so many ideas in here, and we're really only going to use six more. That's correct. Wow. There's going to be a lot of unused ideas going on. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should return it to the old studio where we originally stole it. Yeah, they need it. Yeah. Warner Brothers, is that what we established? Paramount? <laughs> Paramount? It might have been Paramount. I think it might have been Paramount. Yeah, yeah. I remember... Take out the remake and sequel cards and then give it back. Mm. Yeah, because Hollywood doesn't need any more of those. Hot take. (laughs) Brad, go ahead and draw first, buddy. A murder mystery. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, there's no mystery to who does the murdering in this. Nope. Nope. I'll draw next. I will draw the prequel. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. Don't want to give you any ideas. Please don't. And Austin, draw your own card. Let's see. For which I'll supply you no ideas. I have a buddy comedy. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley. We're going to have to make the high high on film buddy comedy at some point. Oh, that'd be great. That would be great. All right. All right. I, I do want to hear that. When we come back, I want to hear I'll who's playing me and who's playing Brad. I'll camera. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Great. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back. High on film right in the middle of milking it. The final game of the podcast. Here we go. Three brand new movies off a movie that's already been turned into brand new movies. A western. That's right. So we bring it up to six. We'll bring it up to six. We'll bring it up to six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off one great idea. Off one brilliant idea. And Austin, we should mention thank you for the sake. Oh, it is my pleasure, gentlemen. Kumpai. Kumpai. Oh, delicious. That's mm. really nice. Yeah, oh, yeah it's very sweet. And you know, it's, it's funny. I, I like uh, that you actually chose to bring California sake. Yeah, that was not a conscious decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that only came to light after the fact. Gotcha. Well, it's still lovely. I really like it. And it's nice because it's like uh, slightly chilled, which is, I think, uh, they prefer this brand to be served. Yeah, you don't want you don't want it to be too cold because then you can't taste it. Right. Uh, you don't that's want cheap it to be sake. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Like cheap beer. Like cheap beer. You want it ice cold. Of course like <laughs> yeah, that's brewed right. cold. And then served cold. And then maybe warmed up if it's not immediately put in a refrigerator. Yeah. That's my thing. Cold again. I hate that. Because yeah, the temperature's all dependent on me. You can't tell me it's the coldest beer in the world. No. That's we up ship to me, it cold. asshole. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't. <laughs> well, that's pretty good for lagers, so though. That is taking care of the beer. All right. Fair. I feel like this is a different podcast. This is a different podcast. Welcome to the Beer Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Great title. I know. I, I do like that. The Beer Podcast. <laughs> Quick, someone check. See if that's taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be taken. No, it's too boring. It's too boring. Yeah, to like, yeah. actually believe that's a good idea. All right, Austin. All you, sir. You right. drew a card in our game, milking it. Buddy comedy. A buddy comedy card. What now, have you got for us? Is it cheating if my buddy comedy is also a sequel? No. Okay. As long as it's a buddy comedy, you're good to yeah, go. Yeah, I'll okay. say no. All right. In this 
Sequel of Seven Samurai. Kikuchio, played by Toshiro Mifune, does not die. Also, uh, his sort of villager buddy, Yohei, also doesn't die. He gets narrowed to the back. Okay. Uh, it's less dramatic than the Kikuchio death, but a death all the same. Anyway, in my movie, they're still alive. I don't know, and I don't know if you guys remember, but throughout the movie, Kikuchio, or Yohei is in Kikuchio's, like, squadron, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, military unit, and is easily the one that gets picked on the most, mostly because he has that hangdog face, yeah. and it always just mouth agape, looking miserable. It's funny they call the old man the old man when Yohei is right there. Exactly. Like right. an older man than the, the old man. He's the next old man. Yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, he is next in line for old man title. Uh, so they're both still alive. Kikuchio takes over uh, the plot of land right next to Yohei's and decides that he is going to go back to his farming roots. And so they're neighbors now. And... Kikuchio, and so they end up bickering over the most petty things, like, uh, hey, your barley is growing over onto uh, my land. And it will be a little bit of a Don Quixote, uh, Sancho Panza relationship. Mm, Interesting. In that Kikuchio, in his vigor and madness comes up with all of these elaborate things, because he grows tired of living on the farm. As we all do. And comes up with these increasingly uh, volatile and wild plots as for things that he wants to do outside of the village. And, you know, he can't do this stuff alone. And so he brings his buddy slash... Nemesis, Yohei, with him. Opposites attract. It's called Bought the Farm. Oh, that's a good Ooh. title. That's not bad, right? That's, that's not bad at all. Great title. I like that a lot. Wow. Bought the Farm. Cool. <laughs> I like that. That title is so much better than mine's going to be. Kikuchi okay. and Yohei. Kikuchi and Yohei. A classic I was, mismatch. I was trying to think of... An odd couple for the... The samurai period. Yeah, and Yohei, because he doesn't really say much, is the classic foil. Mm. You know, just a constant, the, the straight man to Kikuchio's animation. True. Hmm. Great uh, job, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That title's terrific. All right, Brad. Yes. Dazzle us with your title. What do you got? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have a murder mystery. That's right, a murder mystery. So in my murder mystery, we're in this small town, uh, and in this situation, farmers, it's a farming town, and farmers are being killed left and right. Nobody knows who's doing it. Oh. Murders, obviously. Um, I don't know why I need to They're being killed by heart attacks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Old age. No one knows who's Natural causes. (laughs) Um... So people want answers, and of course, again, the el- you know the 
old man in the town says, you know, there's these like group, there's this group of uh, uh, former police officers who were corrupt and left the force. And now they've kind of formed this like uh, uh, private detective agency and they're, Cops won't like cops don't care enough to look into actual police don't care enough to look into this and you can't afford anybody who's uh, in good standing. So you kind of need to go out and and try to find these guys. So you kind of you they're not they're somewhat spread apart, spread out. They don't like just all like "Eh, hang in a gang or anything. So like you have different people in the town going out to like find these guys and like bring them there in order to have them investigate. And um, once they start investigating, these PIs are coming to town and now they're starting to get killed as well. And um, what it turns out to be, and it kind of culminates with the couple of the PIs that are left finally get to the, uh, come to the old man kind of, to let him know and let the town know that they've discovered who it is. And it's this, you know, this certain individual. And what it turns out to be is that it's this, uh, you know, middle, middle-aged man whose family had been killed due to the, like had died mm-hmm. somewhat based on the corruption of these cops. So he, started killing off people because he knew those they would be brought to town in order to seek his revenge. And that middle-aged man is actually the son of the old man. Oh. So when the PIs are there, the old man blows up the whole, blows himself up with them in order oh, to wow. kill the rest of the PIs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Damn, that's, dude. That's dark. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Now, I want to see that. The title is bad. <laughs> Instead of seven samurai, it's mm-hmm. seven private eyes. <laughs> seven private eyes. I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't go with like the mysterious uh, seven. Or, like, I like uh, that. You know. It, it the, just because it actually like yeah, kind yeah. of rhymes. Yeah, no, I understand why. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> love that, but maybe for the same reasons that you hate it. Yeah. I mean, it's dumb well, but that's kind of why i stuck with it too yeah yeah, yeah like, sure. i could i could have come up with something probably better but probably more mundane wait to hear my title oh i can't <laughs> wait <laughs> all right guys i got a prequel if you're ready i'm so ready. very i think this should come as no surprise uh but this prequel deals with kikuchiro obviously obviously he is the son of a poor farmer in a poor farming town we see their struggles as a town we see their struggles as a family we see the hope in his eyes that he will one day attain something better, something more, right? Of course, a bad, unsavory character of a samurai comes to town one day and starts, like, really kind of ripping shit here. Like, he's, like, taking advantage Farting of everybody. so <laughs> bad. He's farting up and down Main Street. <laughs> he's stealing crops. It's a like, disgrace. He's, pre- he's pretty much just doing whatever he wants, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, raping, pillaging, whatever. And no one can really stop him because he's a very skilled swordsman. Um, the town, they kind of like secretly come together. They plan to rise up, led by uh, Kikuchiu's uh, father. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this big uprising, which our villain finds out about. He enlists a couple of his friends to come and help him. And again, like maybe four of them 
take out, like, just quash this uprising, right? Including, because uh, Kikuchu's dad was a part of it, killing him and then also killing his mother. Probably in mm. reverse to make the dad suffer more. Like he has to watch his wife Ooh, die, and then yeah, that is they kill him. That's the ultimate Which, insult. Yeah, Kikuchu watches from afar, mm-hmm. right? Because he's not there, or else he would have been killed as well in front of his father for his insolence. Um, so then, alone with nothing left to lose, uh, Kikuchu takes up his father's sword and. High Noon slash John Wick's the fuck out of these guys. Systematically goes around killing all four of them. Um, I imagine our main villain is now, after killing his dad, takes up residence in Kikuchu's old house. Oh, when I said the ultimate insult earlier, I meant this as the ultimate insult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, but, well, more importantly for Kikuchu's arc is that he then ends up having to burn down his own family's home. Is he sleeping in... To kill the main bandit. Is he sleeping in Kikuchio's room or in the parents' room? You know, I I didn't really think the movie would get into that. Um, Hmm. But probably the parents' room because the parents have the master bedroom. What's more insulting? Yeah. Well, these these, they probably don't have rooms. In Hmm. feudal Japan, they're all sleeping in this one room on the floor together. Yeah, I guess you're right. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was a so either way, yeah, 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 I like I like where your head's at. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, a little unnecessary. I just really want insult to injury. I really want to hate this guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you will. You will. Um, so either way, yeah. He and he ends up having to burn down his family's home, or it like gets it set fire in the final duel. Okay. And it burns down after he kills the guy, and he gets out just in time. The final guys or the the villain, the bandit, the samurai. His body is is left in the burning house, and it burns to ashes. Gotcha. Leaving Kikuchio, um, even though he won and avenged his family, he's left with nothing. Mm-hmm. A true masterless samurai. Yeah, a ronin, if you will. Ronin. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it plays into a lot of the like. Uh, Against the themes of this film, Seven Samurai, where it's like, by protecting others, you save yourself, which I, I kind of love that line. I think I'm paraphrasing one of the lines. I think that's a beautiful line. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it is. He tries to save others and ends up with nothing, yeah. even though he's still alive. And it's called Solo, A Samurai Story. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. No. He's alone. Oh, He's really. alone. I told yeah. you to wait for my title. I know that affected your score. Ah. <laughs> what do you want to call it? One samurai. Um, the samurai. <clears throat> the samurai. That's not bad. Fought the farm. <laughs> fought the farm. He wants his own title so much. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. He it really could does. be the perfect companion piece to to my to the farm. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like a trash star destroy category. Just three movies that have titles that rhyme. <laughs> so poorly constructed. Actually, like. this works out perfectly because Brad went seven samurai to seven uh, private, private eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. Okay. Well, as you finish up your scoring, please pass your scorecards to the front of the okay. class for final edition. And as you do so, we move into our pessimistic end of the show. Okay. Podcast regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying during the duration of this podcast? Oh, is this new? Well, you've definitely done it most of the times you've been here. I don't remember. Definitely for Popeye. Give it an opportunity for a uh, 
Repentance. Maybe not for the Shining double feature. Probably not. But mm. definitely for Popeye you did this. Okay. Um, but I'll say, mine is that I didn't bring up one of my favorite movie tropes. Well, of course my favorite movie trope is going around the lunchroom of a high school and introducing the cliques. Yeah, you love that. Love it. This one almost has it. The getting the gang together right. slash audition trope that they go through for an hour in this movie. Yeah. Love it. You love mean, it, like, love it, love the it. The freeze frame, like in your idealized <laughs> version, would it be like a freeze frame and then like text on the screen introducing the... Or it would be like... No. It would, it would almost be person. like the Armageddon one where it's like Bruce yes. Willis is like... They're like, how about this guy? It's like, uh, blah, blah. He's an expert in this yes. and that. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. It might be tough to track him down, because he's, yeah. uh, you know. He rides a motorcycle. Yeah, some, <laughs> I can't even remember the Armageddon one, but it's like, yeah. you overly explain. Like, the members it, of your team. Yeah, the Armageddon one is, like, kind of perfectly bad. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I, I can't believe I let this whole podcast go, and I didn't mention that trope. It's probably my second or third favorite movie trope. It's pretty good. Getting the gang together montages are always phenomenal. I love them. It's very true. Especially when they're well done, like this one. Mostly because I think they portray the bad guy, like this, the bandits, as like an unstoppable force with no real face. It's not So like you're afforded all this time to actually focus on your seven protagonists. Mm -hmm. And funny enough, literally what I was about to bring up. Oh! I, seriously. This is your I podcast was, regret. Go for it. My Take podcast it. regret will... A, the opening shot of the movie with, like, uh, or one of the opening, I think it's one of the first shot or two of, like, the bandits riding horseback, like, on that, on the top oh, yeah, of the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sets the tone for just the beauty of this movie right off the bat, mm -hmm. and then you barely ever see the bandits again. Yep. Like, I love the faceless villain that you don't really know, and then kind of what we talked about before, which... I mean, I know we talked about it, so less of a podcast regret, but the fact that even like when you do see them, it's just they find the horses. Yeah. So you're still not even seeing the bandits. Right, right. Like, I love that there's just this entity, this this horrible entity that... Is just coming. Well, is coming, and... <laughs> and, and arriving. And arriving. Also, <laughs> yeah, we also and, talked about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's arriving. And it's it's the old idea of like, there, if you don't show anything, what you imagine is always way worse. Yeah, like you imagine absolutely. them as so much of a <clears throat> force, much, much of a worse force without actually like seeing yeah. them and knowing them, and like seeing 30, 40 guys together is can be less impressive than yeah. thinking about a group of bandits coming to take totally. everything you have, and especially when it, the way people, the people in the town, talk about them and the way they're kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, just disgust. They're always yeah. like this horrible force that's coming, and you can't even put yeah. really an image to you it. You fool, bandits are than, coming. Other than that beautiful shot on like that hillside, yeah, right yeah. At the top. Does yeah. this fit into the Hitchcock thing where it's like it? I forget if it's like suspense versus surprise or suspense versus fear. Where it's yeah, like, suspense versus surprise, suspense versus horror is kind yeah, of suspense suspense versus Hitchcock. Horror. Oh, okay. Where it's like um, here. You showed the bomb under the table, and so it's like mm -hmm. that's the mm -hmm. first shot of the movie, and so the entire rest of the movie, tick, tick, you're tick, thinking tick, tick, about tick. the bandits showing back up. Yeah, that's the ticking clock without exactly. hearing the ticking clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. without a specific countdown. Right, right. Yeah. Thank you. Any podcast regrets, Austin? Yeah, uh, I regret not mentioning that my mm -hmm. Milk in It movie 
is directed by Noah Baumbach. Whoa! Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a... Very interesting. It's a lot quirkier than uh, I think you guys were expecting. Yeah. That does change my opinion. I mean, at least my concept of it a little bit. I like Baumbach outside of the box. <laughs> yeah. Because he's not dealing with, like, New York socialites. Now he's in feudal Japan. Outside exactly the right. bomb box? Outside the bomb box. <laughs> Thinking outside the bomb box. <laughs> hmm. Um, uh, that's the only uh, regret I can think of That's all right. right now. There, we got a few I more mean, minutes in the show. This is the entire show. I essentially uh, was full of regrets. Just being like, oh, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> it's a three and a half hour movie. You're gonna forget to mention something. Yeah, yeah. True. I regret not having more time to discuss more best scenes in this movie because there's a lot of them. Uh, all right, guys, I got the points tallied. All right, all right. We're still doing that. Brad, yo, an honorable third place. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Brad, you always win when I'm here. Fifteen point five five points. It's all right. Uh, Austin. I've never been to Japan, so I feel like I was at a disadvantage. <laughs> is that what it was? That, no, that's why? That's not at all. 16.4 uh, points for you, my friend. Is that good? That is very good. I don't think okay. it's as good as Chris, though. It's not. Oh, boy. 17 flat. Wait, so do you... I edged you out. Does, that, does the most points win, most or points does win. the least points golf. win? It's not golf. It's not golf. Huh. Either way, you're in the middle. Oh, okay. You lose either way, actually. I don't care. Yeah, I'm just happy to be here. You shouldn't. I'm just happy to be here. Honestly, the points <laughs> element of this yeah. is the least important factor in the entire podcast. Austin, I know you're happy to be here, but I am so happy you have been a part of this podcast. And I'm even happier than he is. And Brad's even happier. <laughs> Brad wins the appreciation game. <laughs> oh, yes! Yeah. yes! <laughs> no, dude, seriously. Uh, you were our, our first host pick. You, you pioneered the double feature on the show. Uh, Ghostbusters, one of my favorite movies. Popeye, what a crazy pick. Hey, I mean, and I just wanted are... to introduce it to the world. Yeah. And honestly, double and feature of Shining and uh, was memorable. That's yeah. definitely one of the more memorable high on film. And now Seven okay. Samurai, going out with a goddamn bang. Is This is the only Kurosawa movie? Only Kurosawa movie. Oh, we're done. That is a feat. Yeah. Dude... I cannot thank you enough for the hours you've helped uh, this show with, the hours you've put in and given to us here for all of our listening enjoyment. Um, yeah, we wanted to have you back because you're, you're a great guy and an integral part of the show, our second guest ever and our penultimate guest here at the end. Austin, thank you so, so much. Uh, I love you, buddy. Oh, my gosh, I and it. I love you guys. It's been a pleasure it, it honestly and an honor. is just... Uh, I am so happy for you, too. Uh, and... Honestly, so impressed with seeing this all the way through fruition. I mean, this was so long ago this that you so guys started this. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe how long ago that goes. I mean, that's six this is years ago? Six years. For me, this is two apartments ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have lived uh, all over the place since you guys started this thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what blows my mind is that I've been doing high on film longer than I was in high school. Yes. yes. That is, or college. What, what blows my <laughs> mind about High on Film is that, like, movies changed in the time we started this. Yeah, this whole last season we've been dealing with that a lot, Like, actually. Netflix wasn't really... Uh, it was a thing, Yeah, but it didn't have, like... Barely a, a streaming service. Barely a streaming yeah. service, and definitely not the original programming it has now it's by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, yeah. And here we are now. Let um, me ask you guys a question. Please. Do you know what the the last movie is? Yes. It's Chris's choice. 
Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because it's 250. Okay. 25, 25 and, 50. and 75, Brad gets to choose 150. Oh, I get to wow. choose. So, so 250. Can I ask you guys movies that you wish had been chosen? You can, but we're going to reveal that in our After. podcast regrets next episode. Yep. Oh, That's our, our okay. final podcast regrets. Okay. Is a lot of the regrets for the entire podcast. That makes sense. But I will but what say. What a tease. I will say. <laughs> I'm, on, I, I, I'm ready to reveal it next week. I, I've been dropping hints all these last ten episodes, but next week we're doing right. It's right behind you. Right, right now. behind me right now. Cool hand, Luke. Oh, wh- I can't believe that hasn't been done already. That it's is uh, my impressive. favorite movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always knew I was going to do it as one of my picks. Uh, I, I didn't know when, mm-hmm. and uh, well. No better time than the present, I guess. <laughs> That's right. From yeah, well, the future is not going to work out too well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we will be doing Cool Hand Luke with our very first guest ever, Lizzie Donaldson, next week. It is a can't-miss episode, I assure you. 250. Our final episode of High on Film. Austin, any other plugs today? Uh, no. Uh, tip your server. There you yeah, go. I like that. They're working hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're working hard. Thank you as always, Austin. Hey. You are a treasure here on the show. Happy and, to be uh, here. Yeah. Uh, can't wait till whatever the next thing is. Death at Sunset. Here we go. Brad Davis. At BD Always GP on Twitter and Instagram. And I love you, Pittsburgh Pirates. Barely. Uh, uh, baseball <laughs> oh, blog. Sorry, bud. If they're, if they're up. I know. Uh, I see the scores. It's a baseball blog uh, on my Twitter page or on Tumblr. There you go. Uh, I'm at Cross Maxwell across your social media accounts. That's Chris with an O in place of the I. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram. Of course, High on Film is the show. Even this late in the game, you can review us on Apple Podcasts. Just tune, log into your iTunes, hit forgot password, reset it. You need to do that anyway. Uh, leave a review, couple words, love the show, couple stars, helps with our exposure. Um, even this late in the game, because... As God is my witness, as long as I can, I'll keep these episodes up for you. For free. For free! As long as I can. So please, what never bench. too late to review. Thanks, Brad. Uh, and, yes, of course, Rope, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Father of the Bride, and now Seven Samurai. Go check out those other episodes in preparation for next week's final episode of High on Film. With Lizzie Donaldson. One of our favorites. Gentlemen, come by. Come by. Goodbye.